for those of you that are stuck out there, just mm. own your unwillingness to accept the situation as it is. I refuse to accept this. I am not going to let myself accept this. I'm going to continue to to push right. this out of my consciousness or I won't believe right. that this is true. Can say that, keep saying that over and over again. And if there's anger behind it, then pick up a tennis racket or roll up a towel and beat the bed with it as you're saying it. Because the one thing that I've seen that creates change is soon as you own that you don't want to. It starts right here, deep in your heart. Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most? It starts right here. Welcome back to Start Right Here. I'm Tom Rutledge, and I'm with uh, my good friend and colleague, Dr. Alan Berger. Hello, Alan. Hi, Tom. And you're still my good friend, even after last week. <laughs> what, did <I> do? <laughs> what did I do to you last week? I had a therapy session. And well, you said, oh, my God, I hope that we're still friends after that. Well, that's true. It's like, <laughs> but, but, you know, but we, we, I did good. So that was you know, probably good. <laughs> you're probably, right. If, if I, if if you if I, bad, I would have had a whole if, different if, opinion. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think if, if I had done bad, it would be like, this is Alan Berger and this is my partner, you know, uh, Johnny, uh, my, who's my new, who's my <laughs> new sidekick. <laughs> In the podcast. That's right. <laughs> no, one, no one's heard from Rutledge. We don't know what's we going have, on. I think no, man, you, you were very, no, I appreciated your honesty and, and immediacy. You know, that's one of the things that I, uh, that I actually was in a bit of a conversation with one of our, uh, uh, a client of mine that does listens to our podcast. And, and she was saying that uh, about the, the, about the spontaneity of our conversation, she said, she, you know, she said something about our planning. And I said, well, I don't know that. I mean, we think ahead, we kind of have a general idea, but, but I don't think planning is a word we either one of us would use for doing this. And I think that's part of it. I mean, it's like, we're doing a workshop, there's planning involved. If there's, you know, a, a curriculum, a content kind of thing, but I like the idea that this, uh, we, we we really trust each well we trust trust each other enough to let it to just take the conversation and let it go where it's going to go well I, I think you really captured i, I mean i want to highlight it because a lot of people out there you know may well will appreciate this when i point it out see i i think that for both of us is the planning replaced our distrust or another way to say it is planning was because we didn't trust ourselves. So we felt like we had to have all this preparation. So right. we didn't make fools of ourselves. Now right. Right. we can make fools of ourselves without planning. So we don't <laughs> and, and, and now, now, now what's this? <laughs> what's this? And because our, our topic uh, part two, this is part two of acceptance and we can accept ourselves as the fools that we are. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's like yeah I, and, I, and, and and seriously I was just in a, a text conversation with a friend of mine just a little bit ago today and and was 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 talking about she 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 asked me 
she she asked me, you know, if I missed people for, because of the COVID stuff. And I was, you know, and I thought that question kind of threw me. And I, and I thought, I don't think I do miss people. It's like, and I, and I, but, but the, it depends on how we define the language, of course, but the idea is what it did is it put me in touch with, and I think this has a lot to do with the acceptance of who we are, is it put me in touch with a contrast, kind of a time travel contrast with me that sort of at the beginning of all of my personal work. And it's like how incomplete I felt and, and how that's the setup for really desperately missing people. Yes. It's like, and what I was saying to the, to, in this conversation was the, the COVID thing has really is accentuated for me that, that how much I feel, and I don't mean like a whole, everything's all together perfect. I just mean like, I, I just, how much of a whole person I feel and that there's not, you know, even some days are better than others and still deal with whatever I deal with. I'm dealing with some depression a while back. It's like, but it's like, it's not about incompletion anymore. It's not about, it's not about, I got to, it's not, it's, which sets up the, to use your terminology, the, it sets up those demands. I have to have this situation or that person. It's like, there's, there's a, there's, a, and actually the word that, that I surprised myself with came up was there's a comfort that I have in just being in my own company. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I didn't, I didn't manually find that setting anywhere in me. It's like, that's, that's the result of that. That's the result of, years of working on this stuff and keep doing, doing this. And, and I, and I, and, and it comes with the disclaimer, I reserve the right to, you know, you know, be a complete nutcase at any given time yeah. because I, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not saying I have, have, you know, some kind of completion, but it, it is an experience of being in the world that, that I, I attribute somewhat to my age to our, to being older, but it's like, it's, it's really nice. No, I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I, and I see it for me, and I experience that in you, by the way. I experience you just the way you are. I feel that you're, you're okay in your own skin, that you're comfortable in your own skin. And, and it, that's far from saying that you're arrogant and no, perfect. I, I, just gotta, I just gotta say there, there are, there are guys on my committee inside when, yeah. when we, when you say that about me, it's like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But there, I hear the guys in my head, they're laughing their asses off. Rutledge, <laughs> Rutledge, you're kidding me. <laughs> that's so good. That's so funny. And, and I love that. I Listen, of course, I, I know those guys too. They're in my head too. I think yeah. they shuttle back and forth between our consciousness. <laughs> They've got a direct bridge. No, no, they do the Star Trek thing. Beam me up, beam, Scotty. Beam me, beam me over to Rutledge. <laughs> they beam in. A, do we ever go into your head too, Patrick, over there? Do you get us beamed up? Do we beam up those villains inside our heads into your head ever? Uh, well, you're on my mind a lot just because I'm working on the show all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I do feel you're a... Uh, Obi-Wan force ghosts sometimes. <laughs> I like that. I like that Obi-Wan. Yeah. We're, we're always on his mind. <laughs> you will open up the gate. <laughs> you will record the show. <laughs> Great. That's good, Patrick. That's like we're, oh, my God. We're, we're talking about a new, new form of enmeshment. We, we share inner, inner critics. It's like, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, you know, I'm cheap. I can't. I can't afford one just myself. It's like I, <laughs> we're not renting them out. We'll, we'll just get, we'll get, get a, get a mm, host. Business. Business. 
But it, but it is. But but that that that, that look, part of acceptance. I before I got so entertained by this, is that <laughs> it takes a lot of work to get there. And see, that's yeah. the thing that I don't say that to discourage people because the for me, my experience, the work has been difficult and painful. But there was also something incredibly rewarding about it, inspiring, yeah. moving. Um, yeah. The, no, that, that's that's discovery is like amazing. No, and that's that. It's it's interesting uh, when you you know when you said not to discourage people because my mind went to the same place. When we say you know when we say how hard it is, it's like you know and and when and we're these two ancient guys talking about it. It's it's not like oh you know you're going to work your ass off for forty years and then one day you'll feel pretty good. It's like. It's not it at all. And, and, and that's the thing about the mix of things. It's, 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 like, it's, it's, it's like taking a, a uh, if a deck of cards represented, you know, good days and bad days and in between days and all that stuff, you just shuffle them up. It's like they're, they're, they're all mixed in there because some, because I, did, I didn't experience it as like, oh, this was, and even when I was going through hard times, hard things, it wasn't, I didn't necessarily go through it thinking, wow, this is really a hard time I'm going through. It's like a lot, a lot of this comes, you know, best insight comes with hindsight. And so, we, you know, that, I guess that's a good disclaimer for you and I to put out there too, because we, we, we tend to talk about our own past history is, is, we have we have the we have the advantage of hindsight and and the idea is we can tell those stories because because we have come through them and um, but but the idea is no there I mean I promise you every there's been fun all along the way in this process for me uh, because and I and now I know I think it's because I'm pretty good at finding the fun where there's fun to be had and it's like and I don't mean just everything just lighthearted and, and nothing serious but I'm talking about just finding joy in in what you're doing and it's like you know no it's some of my most screwed upness you know I, you know I've, I've had a nice time so it's yeah it's not it's yeah don't no, it's don't not. and I'm glad you're saying it that way because mm -hmm. it's it, there is there is a what is it it i've i've felt inspired even during the difficult times i mean because there's something about mm -hmm. getting a part of me back of discovering another part of me that is it's just it's 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 just an incredible process it really is and it's 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 so motivated me to keep this journey going and look it kind of taps into what we want to talk about today is because last mm -hmm. last time we talked about well, last time we did some therapy with me, but did, the one before that was... In your last session. Sessions. That's right. We, and by the way, listen, that was very helpful. And my wife and I have had some very, very important conversations. And, um, and, and it's, it was very useful, the, the whole discussion. It helped give perspective for me. Um, so what we talked about two weeks ago then is, is acceptance. And what we wanted to follow up on acceptance with is dealing with our resistance to acceptance. Right. What makes it hard to accept things, you know, especially when things aren't the way that we think they're supposed to be, aren't what should be happening, all of that other stuff that goes on. And I just think it would be important because acceptance is such an important part of learning how to increase your capacity to cope with life on life's terms, acceptance becomes a critical factor in that whole thing. Well, acceptance, acceptance to me is about energy efficiency. It's like, 
Acceptance means I'm not spending energy, you know, to the degree I'm accepting something, I'm not spending energy trying to change the things I cannot change. I mean, it's, and when you say the resistance to, to acceptance, my experience with that is, is, uh, is that the first one to be addressed is almost always don't mistake acceptance for agreement. A lot of times people think when you say accept this, that they're supposed to be liking it. And, I, and what I, what I point out is like, no, I mean, nobody has to really work hard to accept something they like. Uh, you know, I don't think it, it's, it's like, you know, here's, here's a hundred dollars. Tom, you think you can, you know, you think, think you can accept the fact that you have that now. It's like, well, yeah, I think I can get mad around it. It's, 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 it's what we accept are the things that we cannot change. And they may not be horrible things. They, they may be something, maybe something as big, like, like we talk about when we talk about our, our uh, addiction or any of our inner culprits we were talking about before, like the, my, you know, I accept that, that I, I accept that I have the, il the illness of depression as well as alcoholism. And I, and I'm treated for that, both with, with therapy and with medication. Those are, those are acceptance, but it's, so it, then nobody's asking me the question if I like it. It's like, no, acceptance is just means, no, it's just, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to keep trying to change something and waste the energy. And that's why I say it's energy efficiency. The more, the more I put my energy into the things I really can do something about. Yeah. The, the, the more energy I have. So I'm thinking about the things that I've had most trouble accepting in my life as a way of maybe backing into this conversation or walking into this conversation, mm -hmm. diving, head first. diving into it. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the first thing that came up in my mind was um, when my father died back in 1963, um, that was, man, it took a long time to wrap my head around that reality. Um, first yeah, that's, a, that's a pretty big challenge at 11 years old, right? Oh, 11 years old. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, you know, my mom and, and my grandpa, um, they had a heck of a time because they kept saying, this is not what's supposed to happen. They had a bunch of supposed to's around this thing. Right. You know, my grandpa saying, yes, totally. My grandpa saying, you know, you're not supposed to bury your son. Your son is supposed to bury you. I mean, he lamented that with me. I almost, so he owned a, what was called um, back then a uh, plastic sunshade company. And what he did is he made uh, sunshades for window stores and for homes, residential and commercial. And so down in Michigan Avenue, those big, 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 you know, windows they have in front of the stores with all the displays and stuff. Well, they would get these. They didn't have tint on the windows then. they had these big shades where you'd pull it down and it was a tint to protect all the products inside mm -hmm. from from the from the sunlight. Right? right. And so that's what his business was. He made those things. So after my dad, when my dad was alive, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, I would join my dad. We'd go down and we'd help grandpa out. We'd, I, you know, they would cut shades. I'd tap the, the thing into the end that was going to fit into the mechanism where you pull it down and stuff like that. And so after my dad died, my grandpa picked me up to take me down to work for a day. Mm -hmm. He paid me 50 cents. 
for a whole day. It was child labor, Tom. Like, <laughs> I mean, my God, I was being below, being paid below child <laughs> wages. Um, but I remember right after dad died, when he would pick me up, he would just get in the car. I would get in the car with him and he'd cry the whole time. And he'd be sitting there going on and on again about this is not what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to, my son's supposed to bury me. I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to bury him. And he would sob mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. We'd get to the shade company. He'd go sit in his office. I'd go put shades together and he'd be crying in his office. Mm-hmm. We'd get in the car and he'd be crying. I mean, he was devastated. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate the depth of pain he had today. Right. But the supposed to was so strong. My mom had... A similar supposed to. I'm supposed to grow old with this guy. Right. You know, and he, he my dad, well, my they're, gi- they're giving voice to denial. It's it's like that's a natural part of it. We understand that. I mean, that denial's not, I'm not saying, oh, they shouldn't have done that, but that's no. that's the part that's what's speaking there. They're 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 possessed by that denial. And, and that's the you're right. The let go there is to say, even though this is not the way it's supposed to be, yeah, it is that way. That's right. And see, what you're bringing up is that maybe instead of thinking this is resistance to acceptance, mm-hmm. we're talking about a process to get to acceptance. Right. Well, I, oh, I think that's really see what I mean. When you no, just no. said that, when you just said that, it clicked in my brain and said, my God, I've been looking at is there resistance to it, which is OK. We can think of denial as that way. Right, right. But we can also think of it as is that's the first response in order to protect ourselves well okay let's we can also see i think the word resistance has you know i can get too caught up in the the language but sometimes it helps it's it's resistance has a negative connotation a lot of times and it's like like uh, if, if, you know, if we're, if we're on a boat, if we're dr- sailing on a boat and we got something in the water dragging, it's creating resistance. So it's, it's slowing us down. It's like, we don't, we maybe didn't, we put it there, you know, on purpose. Maybe there's something wrong, something like that. We have to look, but it's something that's slowing us down is something that is, and, and in this case, it's something that maybe to, to a larger extent, it was what you're describing with your, with your grandfather and your mom is, that it really created a stuck place yeah. where they, they couldn't get out. Yes. But maybe what, but see, that's where I started connecting to the positive part of resistance mm-hmm. is maybe the slowing it down is because it's hard to grab, wrap your head around it. And the slowing it down might be, let me slow this down and see if I can manage it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I can't take this all in right now. So let me just start with my objection to it. I love that because what we're doing is, is the same thing we would do with a client where we, was, we would not turn something into you're doing this wrong, but let's look and see what you're doing. Yeah. And what you, know, what you, you know, well, one of the things you're doing is you're going, you know, it's like we might even say it with a chuckle. It's like, well, you're moving really slow through this grief, uh, you know, but it's like, but rather than say, oh, you're just you're doing it because you think it's fun or because, you know, you're just wanting to do it. It's like it's because you're having a difficult time. Yeah. 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 And there was nobody there to help. There was nobody. They weren't getting they weren't. There was no I'm not talking about everybody has to have therapy, but, but there, you know, you there, need, no there need to be there need to be communication and support. Yeah. Oh, no, there's clearly my grandfather didn't have anyone. My mom didn't have anyone. I didn't have anyone. I mean, I didn't have them. They didn't, you know, have each other. I mean, it, it's so true. And, you know, you're, you're reminding me, I, I'm working with a young man right now 
who um, found the love of his life and through some very, very horrible circumstances, she had a surgery that was supposed to be a very, very average, you know, surgery. And she got complications and died suddenly from it. Oh, it was horrible. He's a young man. He's in his twenties. I mean, and for him, he says that I've had in the three years that I was married to her were the three best years of my whole life. I mean, he really found his soulmate and so connected. And so, you know, this has been now almost three years ago that she passed. And when he came to start to work with me again about a year and a half ago, he was in such a bad place. And part of it was, is just what you said. There were so many people around him saying, well, don't you think it's been long enough now that you should maybe go out and date? <laughs> you and, I, and, and they asked that and they put that in the form of a question, but it wasn't a question. His mom would say, you've got to stop grieving this. Now you've got to get on with your life. Wow. And, 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 you know, talk about what you just said to be so true. The more pressure he got to not be where he was at, mm -hmm. the more difficult it was for him not to be where he's at. Right. Well, first of all, now this is a bit of subjective take on my part, but what I would say is you're, if, you're, if I'm in that person's place, I'm going, you're asking me to give up my connection to the person I love the most. I, I, that's exactly what I said to I got it because I, I had a session with his parents mm -hmm. and with him and he was talking about his pain and then they were coming in with this. And I said, you're asking him to dishonor his relationship with her. This is his connection to her. And now you're asking him to give that up. He's already lost her. And you want him right. to lose that. Right. I go, this isn't, doesn't mean he's, there's a problem. This is just his love for her. This is a natural expression of his pain about losing her. It's exactly what happened in that session. And I'll tell you, that was the beginning. Because yeah, from right. that point on, anytime his parents pressured him, you know what he could say? Yeah. He could say, I don't have time to help you deal with your pain about this. I'm still trying to deal with right. mine. Wow. It's, it's, I, one of my little nutshells uh, says, uh, grief, grief is the hardest part of love. It's, it's like, and the idea being that it took me, it took me quite a while to figure that one out, that, that the idea that it's not grief. I used to think grief was some kind of price we pay for loving, you know, it's like, well, this is the, this is the, the horrible downside of it all. If you're going to love, then you're going to have to do this. But then I realized what we're talking about here is no grief is not this. It is, it is a part of love, you know, whether, you know, I mean, in that, 20 something year old guy, you know, found something, had it. Yeah. And then gone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I just reminded of this poem. I'm, I don't think I know all of it, but I, I, I know the essence of it. It goes, loving hurts. Good loving hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid of this kind of pain for who's ever not killed in love is dead meat. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Don't be, it's like, I don't, well, I mean, and, and when we say we don't die a different death, if we don't feel right. that, what do we do? Well, 
we lose well, our humanity. We lose our connection. We lose our ability to love again. Right. And we're, and we're in the poem that says, do not be afraid of this, since I'm a big believer in the, in the fear of it. Well, we, we don't get to choose when we feel fear, but what, what it, it's speaking of acceptance. It's like, you know, this is, this is let this in. Yeah. Let, let that pain in. It's like that is not, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, and in a way, go back to your, to your grandfather and your mom. What are they trying to do? They're trying to, they're, they're, they're trying to keep it out. Don't please don't come in here. Please That's don't right. be real. Please. Yeah. This is not right. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I made a wrong turn somewhere. I'm in some parallel universe where I don't belong. Please make this stop. Yeah. And it's and the bad news is this is the road you're on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So look at it back to some of this stuff. So some of the times if, if I'm working with someone and they're struggling with this, you know, once I'll talk about it, like we're talking about it, but if somebody is really stuck, like, you know, you were mentioning my grandpa and my mom, then I have them just own the stuckness. Yeah. I refuse to accept this. I have mm -hmm. them make that declaration out mm -hmm. loud. Sometimes I'll roll up a towel and they're going to hit a chair as they do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, and this is very important. And for those of you that are stuck out there, just mm. own your unwillingness to accept the situation as it is. I refuse to accept this. I am not going to let myself accept this. I'm going to continue to, to push right. this out of my consciousness, or I won't believe right. that this is true. Can say that, keep saying that over and over again. And if there's anger behind it, then do what, you know, pick up a tennis racket or roll up a mm -hmm. towel and beat the bed with it as you're saying it. Because the one thing that I've seen that creates change is soon as you own that you don't want to. Absolutely. It's in our Thursday night group. I sent you the little snapshot of the, of the page out of my book, Simple Truth, the, the called the guarantee, you know, practice every day, accepting exactly who you are. And the guarantee is you will never stop changing. That's it's right. like, again, it's energy efficiency. See yeah. the idea is when I love that, whether, whether somebody needs to hit the towel on the chair or roll up into the fetal position and sob for however long they need to sob while they're saying, I refuse what, to fit into the whole, the bigger picture of what, you know, what yours and my work is about is we promise you this, that's that, that part is strong and powerful. And if it's in, and if it's in the lead right now, then it's there, but it's not all that you are. And I that because what, what you remind me of is the moment we rather than stop pushing against what somebody is saying that we just say, okay, we'll just, just say it guess who speaks next in our own consciousness? Somebody who has another idea. It may be somebody who disagrees, but at least it's another idea. Yes. You know? So it might even be a question. Okay, I, I can't accept this. I can't accept this. I can't accept this. What am I going to do then? Now there's a question we can work with. Yeah. That's right. Right on. Yeah. It's hard work. It's really hard. It's hard work. And look, it, and it, it requires a, a willingness um, and a commitment to enduring some pain. And, and the, the idea behind it is, is that if you do that, it will add greater meaning to your life. I mean, that's the bottom line. And if I don't, if I like, like that poem said, 
you know, who's ever not killed in love is dead meat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just love that line because it's so true. My, my, uh, my alternative is, is to desensitize myself. My alternative is, is to not want and not need. See, that's the dead meat part. So yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, because because even you say desensitize, I think I think deaden myself, you know, yeah, deaden me. But but it's like it's like yeah. like numb myself, deaden myself, which we right. you and I both know how to do that, and we have done that in the past. And it's like it's it, you know two things. It you know it's temporary, and the other thing is whatever it is we're hiding from is going to be waiting for us when we come out. Yes. It's, it's no, it's not going away. And, you know, I think the thing I'm thinking about as we're talking about this too is, and, you know, and it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm biased and because I've been in lots of therapy in my life and I do this for a living, but so, so I tend to think in terms of therapy, but it doesn't have to be that. But I think one of the things we're talking about, if we're speaking, if we're speaking to anyone who might be listening, who, who identifies in the present tense with some of this stuff is, is to go, Here's something, here's a, here's a really important thing to, to accept. It's like, none of us can do this by ourselves. So we need, we, we're going to need fresh eyes on this. You know, it's like, it, it's, um, I mean, in, in our, if, if, pe- and if people listen to this and haven't listened to our last podcast, it's, it's like, go back and listen to the, the conversation you and I had and that, came, that came out of this, the, se- uh, the, uh, the session, the session that came out of the podcast pretty spontaneously is, that's a perfect example because, because, you know, it's like, there isn't, I don't know how to do this shit better than you do. You know, we're, you know, we, we both are pretty good at this work, but it's like, we can't do it for ourselves. We have to have somebody else to look and say, you know, it's, you know, I always say it's the glasses on your head. You know, it's, it's like, like, you know, I can't find my glasses. I can't find my glasses. Well, I, I know where they are, you know, because I'm looking straight at them and it is easier to see from the outside. So if you're hurting and you're struggling, don't, this is a big one for me, for acceptance. Don't think that you have to figure it all out so that you can explain it all to somebody so that they can help you. I mean, this, this, and this takes a tremendous amount of courage and vulnerability. Go, go plop yourself in front of somebody, be that a friend or a therapist or, or a pastor, somebody, and just let the raw just messiness of whatever is going on with you to come out, yes. you know, pick somebody that you trust. Yeah. You know, I always want people to have good judgment about that, but it's like, that's the place to start. You know, cause so often people think I need to get this together so I can go get help. Yeah. No, look at it. And in one way, that's the, the, the title of our podcast, Start Right Here. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which is another way we could say it is start where you're at. That's yeah. always the place to start. You know, somebody will come in to, to a therapy session and say, well, you know, I, I, you know, I want to, if let's say it's a couple, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk, I want to talk to my partner about what's going on, but I don't know where to start. And I say, okay, start there. Mm-hmm. I want to talk yeah. about something, but I don't know where to start. See, right. it's like we think, always there's this pressure to be more than we are. Mm-hmm. And it's not about yeah. being more than we are. It's about being where you are, not more mm-hmm. than you are. It's right. about being where you are at that moment in time right. in finding the words that are going to best reflect the experience you're having in that moment. Right. That is the number one 
thing that anyone that's listening out here can do is that is to start where you are and let go of all of that stuff in your head that says that you have to be someone you're not to be okay. Well, that's how you get where you're going. It's, it's, it sounds corny, but it's like there was an example of this earlier in this conversation. It's, it's like when and we, you couldn't have gotten to the place where you said, wait a minute, maybe maybe resistance is the wrong way to say this. You know, maybe this is a part of the process of, of getting there as opposed to something that is trying to stop it. It's like yeah. the only way you got to that is we started the conversation. You know, and, and we and, and we, we were we were, you know, ping ponging back and forth, you know, our thoughts on it. And it's like and that's and that's one of the things you and I do a lot, which is we listen to, to each other and uh, and we change. You know, yeah. Some, sometimes sometimes we feel, sometimes when I listen to you, I feel validated. Sometimes I go like, oh, oh yeah, it's, it's like, well, you know, that's good because. If, if, if Alan thinks that, then I must be smart because I think the same thing, you know, <laughs> we can do that. It's like, it always feels good. but sometimes, but sometimes it's like, I get another idea from what you're saying and go like, well, wait a minute. What about this? Yeah. And it's like, okay. and, and, and it's, and it's all about not planning. Yeah, it is. It's about just, it's, it's, you see, we're, we're really talking about spontaneity, aren't we? I mean, yeah. is being spontaneous at the moment. We're talking, so, about, we're talking about courage. We're yeah, talking about courage. That's what we're courage. talking about. Well, it is courage, yeah. too. To yeah. be spontaneous, you have, I think we need to, to be yes. able to support ourselves, which is courage. Mm-hmm. I just had another thought. So when I was saying to people, you know, just start where you're at. Don't listen to those voices in your head. But that's not starting where you're at. If those <laughs> voices are in your head, then you got to say that. See, right. if, if, if what the voice is saying, I'm not good enough the way I am, then you got to own that first. See, mm-hmm. that's the thing that e- it even eludes me as much as I know it. I still want to take that next step before I take that right. step. Right. I always feel compelled to go one more beyond that. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is about a real discipline, isn't it? In terms mm-hmm. of disciplining ourselves to, to stay right here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think we should name it the duh response, the duh here. We, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, because, because it is what we do. I mean, anytime somebody is, you know, if, you know, we're, I'm, I'm looking at, and I think this is a fair description for both of us. Somebody comes and talks to us, even if they're talking about a relational stuff, uh, inter, inter, uh, personal communication, we're listening for the intrapersonal process, not the interpersonal, but the intrapersonal. What's, what's the conversation going on between, between the ears? You know, what, what is, what is that going on? And we want, what we want to do is, is we want to bring that conversation out into the room. And, you know, and, and that's why either one of us so often have the duh response, go like, oh, he's saying this. So let's put, you know, and it doesn't have to be in the chair. It could be in a journal. It could just be us having a conversation. But, you know, it, there is as corny as it, it seems to some people when they first come to therapy, there's a real clarity to go ahead and assign in that part of a seat, you know. Sitting that it's amazing. You know, we live in a world of assigned seating. And it's amazing once you put that voice that says, I don't want any part of this in yeah. that chair, you could be talking about that, that sentiment. You can be talking about that voice, that feeling six weeks from now. And it, without even knowing it unconsciously, you're, you both are responsible. You're both referring to that chair. 
because that's where that chair is. And it's like, when we bring those out, you know, that's, that's, I tell people what we're doing in the, in the therapy room a lot of times is, is we're building this model, this sort of 3d model of your own consciousness. And, and so it's like group therapy, but it's just you, yeah. you know, but it's so helpful because then we go like, you know, first of all, you get we, like we've talked about in the early the early parts of our podcast. This is kind of where we started to, to define who we really are. Then what we need to do is we need we need to first begin with sorting through who we are not. You know, all those those bully voices, those critical condemning voices, those addictions, all all this other stuff, those coping mechanisms, all of that stuff. So we do all that, and what we move to is a place where we're going like, wow, this is a fascinating thing. I. I am a lot of, I am a lot of people in here and it's not, and that's not insanity. That's sanity. You know, that's, that's to me, it's like the myth of singularity is what creates insanity. I'm supposed to be one guy. It's like, no, that would, that, that, that the pressure that comes with thinking you're supposed to think one way and feel one way. That's, that's dangerous. And it's, um, and it's probably good for our business because I think it probably drives people to see us. But but uh, and then we, we hopefully can bring the good news is, and by the way, you know, it's not, you know, and, and I want to make clear to anybody listening to this, too. We're not talking about we're not talking about a psychotic experience of, of hearing voices. We're talking, you know, but most people we're talking to say, do you ever have a voice that says this or a voice that says that? we know what we're talking about. It's like it's not an audible voice. It's, you know, or, or it's a message or whatever. But talking to ourselves, you, you refer to, to what I say about this a lot is that talking to ourselves is how we think we ask ourselves. Actually, Tony Robbins talks uh, uh, quite a lot about this. We ask ourselves questions and we answer, you know, and, and if we ask better questions, then we get better answers. If, 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 if uh, you know, if I ask myself the question, which my critic would say the rhetorical question, why am I such a damn idiot? Okay. Well, first of all, that's not really a question. It's an insult, but it's, it's like, but it's more of know, a statement than a question. If I, were, if I were really answering it, but uh, I would say we could change the question just a little bit. And we, now we talk about energy, energy and, and being propelled forward. What if I, instead of saying, you know, Oh no, you know, I want to rescue people like that and go like, no, you're not an idiot. And that kind of, how about if I said instead, what could I do today to be just a little bit less of an idiot? Okay. Now, if I ask that question genuinely, mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with something that's going to, you know, and it basically, I'm not even challenging the, 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 the assumption of my idiocy at all. I'm, you know, if I'm working with somebody, what I know they don't know is they're going to discover that they're not. Right. But, but let's not shock them. You know, it's like, let's not, let's not ask them to, to well, they, they, they wouldn't be able to accept that. I wouldn't have been able to accept that. When somebody would come in with me when I was first getting into this stuff and tell me all the, oh, you're a wonderful, loving child of God. And you should just accept yourself. And all this, it was like, they just lost credibility because they didn't know me. Not sure where all that came from. Well, where, where, where I go with it is, so if I was working with someone with that, you know, it's, you could, there's so many different ways to go. And, you know, that's the exciting thing mm-hmm. about doing therapy. So one yeah. is, is to have the person shuttle between two different possibilities. One saying, you're such an idiot. Why are you still an idiot? Da, 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 da. And then the other part, have the other person have them say it again, but become this part of you, the wiser part that says, you know, how can I just be a little less of an idiot in terms of what I do? 
then they can even try another thing on. How can I look at this as a mistake I've made and what can I learn from it instead of even having to label somebody as an idiot? You see, there's all of these possibilities that somebody can start trying on in therapy. And that's, Mm -hmm. to me, one of the amazing things about therapy. It's a safe emergency, meaning we can bring people to confronting these things that have caused them so much suffering and grief in their life and create an atmosphere where they can try these things on and discover a new possibility. And you and I get to do that sometimes with some humor. And you know what I mean? We bring humor in to be able to to create that containment and stuff like that. Send the message. Look, we got this. We can handle this. We can face this. We can deal with this stuff. You know, there's nothing going on here that that I can stay with you in your pain. I can stay with you in your darkness. Mm -hmm. I can stay with you in your insecurity and whatever it is that we need to do, because I have faith. If we stay with it, something new will happen. There will be another possibility. See, that's the kind of thing that I've seen so many times. And so if we go back to this acceptance thing that we're talking about, it's like, well, how do you know if you really have accepted a situation? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you said, Tom, I think is is a clue to it, is we're no longer fighting. Mm -hmm. There's not a fight left in us. It's not that the situation needs to be anything other than it is. We just accept it as it is. And the way I think about it is when I'm out of acceptance, I'm in conflict with reality, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're not aligned, right? We're, it's like I'm swimming against the current. Mm-hmm. As soon as acceptance happens, I become aligned with reality. So I'm misaligned with reality when I'm out of acceptance and acceptance is, is getting an alignment to whatever it is that I'm struggling with and dealing with. This is so good because this is, this is where, um, and I I hope people could, could are not bored by tracking this stuff because this is becomes that fascination that we both have with our, with our work is like, um, and, and this is about seeing ourselves as part of the process, not something on the outside or, or my, what my wife says to her clients. I love this line. She says, I'll work with you, but not on you, you know? And it's like, like, and so it's, but it just occurred to me as I'm watching, listen to you say, I'm watching your hand gestures. I'm going like, exactly. Go back to what we're talking about. Somebody comes in, be that, be that about anything, but it would be even to your, your grandfather or your mother. And they are, they are expressing their lack of acceptance of, of a reality. It's like, if we're not careful, if we don't let the duh reflex go off, uh, or until it does, because, you know, it's going to, you know, sometimes it just takes a while for it to kick in for us, even though we've done it a zillion times, is we are actually being unaccepting of their lack of acceptance. Yes. It's it's like, like, I, I, I can't accept this. Well, I can't accept that. It's like, it's like, <laughs> how many power, how many power struggles can we get going in the room at one time? You know, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, it's like, oh, instead what we're doing is like, okay, like, well, go back to that. Start right here. It's like, I can't accept this. Okay. It's, tell me what's, or even just what, what's not acceptable let's about, it. about it. Let's, stay yeah, with let's that. go. And, and so we align our, so that's great. We align ourselves with them. Mm-hmm. And then that alignment then moves that other alignment. That's interesting. I like how you, how, what you're saying. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It's, it's, uh, 
it's one it's one of the, the one of the concepts of of paradoxical intervention yeah. that 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 I that I you know would not without being doing a paradoxical intervention kind of work with stuff. But there's just I like I love the idea of having studied so many different kinds of therapy and just taking pieces of it you know just kind of shoplifting what you can from it and take you know take what's helpful leave what's not. But one of the things about that is 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 the idea of lining yourself up so much so on target with somebody else's position that they need to move. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost like no two objects should occupy the same space at the same oh, time. Yeah. If, if I can, if I can listen well enough to you to, to, to where I, I can express exactly what you're saying in a way that you go, you got it. It's like very often the, it doesn't have to be this way, but very often the next thing is you've, you shift a little bit yeah. And, yeah. and you're the one who'll say, but what about if we did this? Yeah. You know, but because well, 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 you're not having to of, fight. Yeah. Who is the author of provocative therapy? Um, uh, Frank Farley. He would. So if somebody's talking about how stupid they are, he would take that position. He'd go, oh, he goes, you're right. No, you, listen, you are stupid. People, <laughs> people really can't expect anything of you. I agree with you 100 percent. It's like it's a shame that people mm -hmm. think you have any intelligence at all. You're probably a lot dumber than they even. Hey, are. wait a minute. <laughs> I know, and then the patient's wait, wait, hold on. What you, I mean, I mean, I love yeah. that. I, I thought that and you, it takes some courage to go well, down. I think, path. Right, I think, and, and, and I, some and some sensitivity. I'm not. I, I think I, I was going to say. I think it takes being Frank Farley. It's like like pro, it probably, is, and I'm sure there's other people. But it would be a little bit like one of the things I've told people when I do trainings is, is like you know because you, and you and I do this in our points of intervention workshop is is talk to them talk to the the participants about, you know, don't let, don't let your graduate training train your, your own personality and your own soul out of your work. It's like, you know, bring yourself into it because a lot of times we're trained to keep that stuff out and, you know, and let that be a part of it. And what I tell people is like, so if you're, you know, if you're learning from me, for instance, it's like, you know, you're, if you just, if, you don't have to do goofy therapy. You know, I do goofy therapy because I'm fucking goofy. Like it's that. like, you know, it, it's like, it's like, I mean, in some, it's been pointed out to me several times ago, like, how do you get away with just making fun of people the way you do Tom? And, and I go, it's, and I never thought of it until people started asking me that I go like, cause it is, I guess getting away with it, but it's, I know what it is. It's because people know I'm playing and they, and, and the people that, you know, and I'm pretty, I have good judgment about that. I'm not gonna make fun of somebody that then that is not a part in the, in with, in on the joke with me. Yeah. It's like, but right. it's, it's like, you gotta, but, but Farley with Farley was extreme. And, yeah, and, but, but one of the takeaways from that was the idea of what we're talking about with acceptance is okay. I'll go, I'll get in there right there with you. And then we'll, and in that case, either you will, you will make another move or we'll decide together where to go next. So uh, give me, let me give you another example of this. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever read, uh, look, we can both come up with a lot of examples <laughs> from our own practice, but we're talking about some literature that's out there that mm -hmm. people can read. So there was this book called The 50-Minute Hour. Mm -hmm. you ever read, read it? it? I think I have. It seems so familiar. It was, it was this psychoanalyst. Oh, I know where. It, oh, I can visualize it on my bookshelf in my office. I know where it is. I don't remember anything about it, but I, but well, I know where the book psychoanalyst. is. Psychoanalyst. I think it's like six cases. I don't remember the exact number, mm -hmm. but he was talking about this one guy that came in and he was psychotic. I mean, mm -hmm. the guy was living in a full blown psychotic 
episode. Mm-hmm. And he believed that that he had understood the universe and plotted out all these alternative universes. And the guy had this whole big scheme in his head. Mm-hmm. Well, as the psychiatrist was working with him, he started to, to embrace the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And he started to draw maps and started to go into this thing way much more than the patient even went into it. Mm-hmm. And finally, one day the patient looked at him and says, you know, I'm bored. <laughs> it's like and he said the same thing you said he says i occupied the space that this guy's psychosis was in and once i took that space over there was no room for his psychosis wow it was i mean it is such a powerful powerful story that and it just illustrates exactly I love that. what it's it's really w- worth a read i don't know the author is maybe patrick can look it up and tell us before we i i i, I when i get back to when i go you know, i'm not at the office a lot but i'll go I, like i said you know how you can do that like you can see your bookshelf yes. it's been it's probably been sitting there for how how many years but i know right where it is i but i'll it, go it, i'll go find it's actually a good read in in i'm not psychoanalytic but the guy mm-hmm. is really gives you a look inside the, the therapeutic process. I mean, it really, it's very good, well done. Robert well, Lindner. This was a great show. What's that? Oh, Robert Lindner. Lindner? L-I-N-D-E-R. Robert Lindner. I was going to say that. That's amazing, my memory. Uh, I wasn't certain it was working. So look, great show today. Fantastic. Um, I think that there's a lot of whole great takeaways for people. And look, you know, um, Tom and I know how difficult some of this stuff can be, but we also know the gifts and the rewards about walking through this stuff. And we hope that Absolutely. we've helped you take that step, that next step in some way. How can people learn about your work, Tom? My website is uh, tomrutledge.com and things, information about books and, and what have you and some good free downloads and things to read. Uh, just anything you want to know. And you can, you can email me from there and we both appreciate you, your comments and your questions. Uh, we'll do our best. If you have a question that you want us to address on the podcast that we'll try to, we'll try to work that into what we're doing. So we, we'd love to, we'd love for you to be part of the conversation. Um, Tom and I are regulars at this emotional sobriety anonymous meeting that I started on Thursday mm-hmm. nights. And mm-hmm. if you ever want to join us, the zoom code and, Patrick, if you could make up a graphic of this, and so it'll be posted on uh, at least the visual one when we post it on YouTube. I'll include it in the description. How about that? Perfect. Yeah. I'll just say it out loud. The the ID is 330-149-513. It's Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And the password is 375-986. Join us there. You can find out my work on my website. It's abphd.com. Like Tom, I have a bookstore. I've got some open source information for you to download, a bunch of audio talks, and just some great stuff to to help you with your journey. It's a spiral, not a circle. Goes round, round, round. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection